Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we talk about death and we also talk about car accidents and um, childhood trauma. So if this is at all triggering for you, either choose not to listen to it or come back another time. And if you listen to us normally with children in the room, um, just be mindful that um, this might not be the most appropriate um, episode for them to listen to. Hello and welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. We are so happy to be with you. I am one of your hosts, Amy Ravel. And I am Kirsty Farija. And we have a third mic in the Zoom studio today. It is our beautiful friend, Ruth. Hi, Ruth. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it is late at night for Ruth and very early in the morning for us so that we could make our time zones match up. Ruth, would you take a moment to introduce yourself to our community? We know that everyone in our head, heart and home group know exactly who you are and all about you, but the wider community may not just yet. I'm Ruth. I live in the UK. You can probably tell from the accent. Um, I live in Cheltenham. I'm a teacher. I've been part of Head, Heart and Home for about two years. Tell us about um, what subjects you teach, what your favourite meal to eat after a big day at school is, and your favourite area to declutter. Can you remember those three things? Yep. So I teach physics. Um, I have taught maths. I spent a year as a maths teacher. It did not go well. Um, (laughs) I can do the maths. I can't teach when I don't have practical to make it interesting um I what was the next thing what's my favorite favorite meal to eat after a long day anything that somebody else has cooked yeah um and my favorite area to declutter is probably what in Britain is called a utility room but is a laundry room elsewhere in the in the world I love it the utility side of it though like I when in my grand designs of my house that I will one day build, we will have a utility room that's not just a laundry, but is that space where you can do all those bits and pieces. Except I only use it for laundry. Uh, do you want to swap houses? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have your laundry in your kitchen because that's what lots of UK homes have. I am luckily lucky enough that a previous owner of the house extended it and put a utility room um, on the back of the well, kind of the back. It's a corner house, so it doesn't really have a front or a back. It just has four sides, but 
there's a laundry room. <laughs> so Ruth, we've got you on today. Um, we want to talk to you about some of the hacks that you use in decluttering because we are just constantly amazed by the way that you've hacked your brain and hacked time really to have the most efficient and effective decluttering. But I think it would be helpful to kind of give us the give us the story of Ruth. What brought you to the art of decluttering? How did you find us? What's kind of your decluttering journey thus far? Right. Well, I come from a family who have um, who have a long history of keeping a bit too much stuff. Um, a lot of it comes from my dad. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, he's lovely. He's kind. He's generous. He's extremely wise. He's 95, um, and his brain was formed in the make-do-and-mend era of the war, and he he likes to keep things in case they come in useful. Um, and he and my mum bought a house in 1959 and then lived in it. Um, well, she lived in it until, he, until she died, and he lived in it until um, he sold it just before COVID happened. So he owned it for 60 years. All that you throw stuff out when you move house never happened because he never moved. Um, and that's my background. Then my own life, I was married. Um, my husband left, filed for divorce, never actually got divorced because he was killed in a road accident. So I had to um, to incorporate all the stuff from his house um, into my life because my kids was really important to my kids to have that connection with their second home. Um, my kids were, he died in a road accident. My kids were in the car with him and they were nine and six when that happened, which was obviously very traumatic for them. Um, they both have issues with letting go of stuff. One of them has had in the past a diagnosis of compulsive hoarding disorder, which the studies say is really quite strongly linked with traumatic loss in childhood. So yeah. Um, I have to be careful not to get rid of things that would distress them because it makes them cling on to the remaining stuff harder and makes it harder for them to get better. Um, and then uh, when my dad finally sold his house and moved into a one-bedroom one flat in a retirement community, um, my kids helped themselves to some stuff from his house um, when he offered them the opportunity to do that. And then my husband was an only child, so when his parents died, and um, one of them died two years ago, one of them died just before COVID, they um, they left all their stuff to my kids. Now, mercifully, I wasn't executor. Their nieces were executors, but they said the children could come and choose whatever they wanted to have before they cleared the rest of it out. So they brought a whole load of stuff from there. So I have a lot of stuff to deal with and a lot of things that stand in the way of me getting rid of it. Yeah, and the combination of what does that work out to five four houses worth well yeah two houses worth and bits of two others mm, that's but, a lot yeah, and a lot children who aren't ready to move out of home just yet either no they're they one of them's 20 and one of them is 17 but they don't show any signs of moving out just yet just <laughs> <laughs> hire them a storage unit and slowly just week by week put their things in a storage unit that's my plan as my kids get to the stage Actually, where I want to no, keep them what? out <laughs> We keep the caravan in a storage unit. Maybe I should take stuff to the caravan and leave it in the caravan in the storage unit because I'm already paying to store the caravan. That would be free. Yes. 
Here we go, solving the problems of the world. Or just pay for the kids to move out themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Or put the caravan out the back near the utility room. (laughs) One of them can live out there. (laughs) Because a lot of the things that they're keeping is furniture, isn't it? Like it's not. Yeah, some of it's furniture, some of it's, um, oh, they brought a whole load of crockery and cutlery from the, the various grandparents' houses and they said, but but we'll be moving out within a few years and we're going to need all this stuff. And yeah. yeah. So it is stuff that you can see that it has the potential of being useful but does not yet because they're not close to moving out. Yeah. Tell us, Ruth, how it has been for you um, and this is not the intent of the podcast to, to talk about death and inheritance, but I think it's important to ask the question, has it changed the way that you look at your own possessions, being the inheritor and being the family that inherits other people's households' possessions? Maybe. I think um, I think I was able, I was able not to take too much stuff from my parents' house um, Obviously, my in-laws left their belongings to my children, not to me. I have, I have um, helped myself to a coffee table on their behalf, which belongs to them, but it's filling a spot for me in the meantime. Um, I think I had heard your podcasts about inheritance enough times to know that I should just pick the things that were that were going to give me joy and be useful, and let the other things go. Um, I do feel. I I do feel that going through other people's paper is a nightmare. Yeah, paper can be a real burden here and for those that have to deal with it later as well. You made a really good comment um, in our Head, Heart and Home um, course the other day. Do you mind sharing some of what your insight around um, paper work is? I think the thing I wrote was um, – do not impose on those who come after you the responsibility to throw out a letter about arrangements for parking at a parent-teacher meeting in 1982. Your executors have better things to do with their time. Yep. Mic drop. <laughs> Boom. Go back 10 seconds in your podcast app. Listen to that again, friends. <laughs> that was an actual thing that I have just put for recycling. Wow. I also uh, put something about not not leaving things that are confidential that you wouldn't want other people to read in places where they're going to read them. If you leave them electronically password protected, you've got access to them, but the people who come after you won't, won't be able to get at them at all. So that would be yeah. um, a more sensitive thing to do with confidential things. Yeah, hence why I don't keep journals. My husband keeps all of his journals. He's a journal writer, but I got rid of all of mine because I was like, I don't want to have to go through and see what I would or wouldn't want my kids to read. And so I'm just going to get rid of them all. And I just burnt the whole lot of them. Yeah. And there was a big discussion in our Head, Heart and Home course group around really personal stuff that you may not want other people reading. Like, and it was a really, really good discussion and made me think of I, of people I know that would be horrified um, of the things that we could read about them and their thoughts. So not just journals, but 
divorce papers and like icky stuff like that. So yeah. um, it was a big discussion around what do we want our children to find um, if they so happen to come across it. You know, do they need to know the ins and outs of a divorce or an ins and outs of a breakdown in relationship between you and your parents or you and your siblings, like things that um, future generations don't necessarily need to know their ins and outs of but. And then there was a discussion around, well, what do we tell our children? You know, they don't need to know the ins and outs, but is it helpful to them to know some of the truth behind some stuff that happens? So I think it was a really, really interesting discussion and I'd really encourage listeners to start thinking about if they do have personal stuff, are they keeping it because... um, they need other people to see it, which is definitely a legitimate reason for keeping things. You may want your children to see the truth of the matter, um, you know, and it might help them to understand why you were hurt, um, not necessarily, not just in divorce, but in, in parental relationships and sibling relationships and friends. You might actually want your children to know those things or, or your loved ones, yeah, your partners, other people who come after you. Um, but it was, yeah, just really interesting to to have that conversation around that. And food. and I really want to encourage listeners to start thinking about that for their own life. Like, what do you want people to to know about your inner world and um, around your relationships? There was a really good comment by someone who said that her sister had put all the stuff she wouldn't want their parents to see in a box and told her sister where she kept it and said, if anything happens to me, get hold of that box, destroy it without opening it, don't let the parents see inside. And that sounded like a really good, well-thought-out strategy. Temptation to look. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. I wouldn't because I have a very high level. I I remember when we went tempting. We went into Rob's house to start clearing it because he hadn't written a new will and I was still executor. And... It, I felt like I was trespassing. I felt mm. it was a really weird feeling going into someone's personal stuff to clear the house out when it feels you shouldn't be there. It should be their private things. It was it was a very odd feeling. Yeah, it would be. Um, and I think if you'd been asked to just, dis- most people, I hope, if they'd been asked to destroy a box without looking in it, would destroy it. My grandfather so. was a writer, actually, who um, and one of the books he wrote was he got hold of the journals of two of his great aunts. So these are people who were born in 1820 something and lived to be quite old. And neither of them, there were three sisters and and a bunch of brothers. And um, one sister got married. That was my grandfather's grandmother. And the other two sisters stayed single all their lives and wrote these extensive journals. And he got hold of them and wrote them up into a book. He wrote the first first book. And then after he died, his friend wrote volumes two and three of a trilogy following their whole lives and they wrote really bluntly about what they really felt um and when you read it you think gosh they they never would have imagined that 100 years later all these people would be reading 200 years later all these people would be reading about it so don't leave it where somebody might find it and write a book about it (laughs) Although I can hear all the historians who listen to us are going, no, don't destroy it. We want to know for you know for prosperity's sake, like because I know, like I've got um, 
relatives who are really big into family history. And it's all, you know, for those generations that aren't directly touched by something, it is interesting to know why it is that somebody, how did somebody die and how did somebody, why did these people get divorced and where did that illegitimate child come from? Like it's really interesting for distant relatives to know that. It is not fun to, I can imagine, I'm only imagining because this has not happened to me. It is probably, I can imagine that it's not fun finding out that your parent who you loved and adored actually had affairs and broke yeah. your your precious mother's heart or your precious father's heart. Like, yeah. so it's that tricky balance between like caring for that that family members who are directly traumatized and hurt by things um and future generations who i mean he didn't write about it till long after they were both dead but uh, exactly it was a very odd experience for me re- me reading it because i'm reading along and they're living their life and then this guy appears on the scene who's interested in their sister and he's got the right surname, so my mother's maiden name. So I'm thinking, okay, she's Louise is going to marry James. This is this is how I exist. And then the story happens, and then James quarrels with her father and is forbidden the house in a Victorian manner, and just disappears from the story for several years. And I'm reading it, and it's like Back to the Future. I'm thinking, am I here? Do I exist? Am I real? <laughs> it's a very strange experience. And then a bit later, he comes back, and and she does marry him, and I do exist. But it was very odd. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm going to shift um gears a little bit, Ruth, because I would love you to share your way of hacking time and the way that you do amazing 15-minute declutters. Where did you get the idea from? Um, How does that play out for you? And listeners, if you are doing something else, put it down and listen because this may be the hack that you need to actually break the back of your clutter. So this is a combining of your power of 15 minutes thing that you talk about in the head heart and home course and something from a book called nine things you simply must do by henry cloud and so he's um he's got nine chapters about nine things that he's noticed that people whose lives are working for them in whatever way they want them to are uh, have in common and one of them is called act like the ant and he talks about when he was trying to write his doctoral thesis and the whole thing was just so overwhelming that he couldn't begin. And he started thinking about the proverb that says, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander and yet it gathers its food in time for harvest. And so he thought about that and he wasn't getting anywhere. And his friend bought him an ant farm. 
he's a he's an adult trying to write a PhD, but his friend bought him an ant farm. So he watched the ants and they kept just picking up a grain of sand and walking along with it and putting it down somewhere and it all looked a bit pointless. But after a few days, they built this whole little ant city with tunnels and exciting things going on. Um, and so his his thing is don't worry about the whole ant city, just pick up a grain of sand and move it. And if you keep picking up a grain of sand and moving it, then eventually your ant city will appear. Um, and he talks about don't don't keep thinking about the eventual goal because it's depressing when you realize how far away from it you still are. Um, identify what the things, what the grains of sand are, and then just concentrate on the grains of sand and measure your success by how well you're doing at measuring the grains of sand rather than how close you are to your eventual goal. So I put your 15 minutes and the grains of sand idea. And I realized that the thing that was stopping me getting started was that the whole thing was too overwhelming. And what I did didn't, it, and he, he also talks about wanting it now stops you having it ever and wanting it all mm. stops you having any of it because you don't do the little things. So I needed to, to make it feel approachable, but one 15 minutes wasn't going to cut it. So I, I tend to do them in batches of six, which I call Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then I have Sunday off, which is sometimes 15 minutes and sometimes longer. And I pick six different bits of the house and I do 15 minutes. And when the timer goes off, I stop and I go on and do the next one. And it means I can begin because I don't have to think, oh, I can't do all of this. I haven't got time to do this entire room, so I won't start. Um, I think the most 15 minutes is I've done in a day was 20 um wow that was quite some day but even if I just do a few it's it works for me and it keeps me going and then even so quite often I'll do the same I'll do the same things each time and it's great because you do 15 minutes on a room and you don't feel like you've done very much but then next time when I come back around to that room you walk in and you think oh this looks better than it did last time I came in here to begin a 15 minutes and you can see, you know, a table that's clear or a pile that's gone or whatever. And then it feels encouraging and it keeps me going. So practically, do you use timers? Do you have a schedule or do you, like, do you write it down in advance? How? Tell us about the practicality um, of it. I tend to plan what six things I'm going to do. The, the default is laundry, kitchen, upstairs, downstairs, schoolwork, paper domestic paperwork but I vary it depending on what needs doing um I decided in advance what it's going to be although I can vary it if it doesn't turn out that way um then I put something interesting to listen to on my phone could be I have a whole load of different podcasts all queued up um or an audiobook because I get bored very easily and then I set a 15 minute timer again on the same phone and then off I go and so you'll do 15 minutes, the timer yep. will go off and yep. you could be halfway through something and you'll still put it down. I'll just and stop. Walk uh, if if I can room. finish it in you know a minute, I will. Otherwise, I just stop and I go because I know I'm probably coming back to it later today or tomorrow. And it, and it makes me feel not too overwhelmed to begin and that big one that you did, the 20 minutes, that was done during school holidays, wasn't it? Just Yeah, because 20, 20, 15 minutes is, is five hours. So naturally that was school holidays, yes. Perks yeah. of being a teacher. 
Yeah. And you tend to go hard during the holidays and then give yourself some grace during school term, yeah. don't you? School term is hard. Teaching is hard work. There's marking and I'm half of the union rep um, because there were two of us that they asked us who wanted to do it and we both said no, so they said would we share it. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a committee. So- I get, uh, I get, you know, suddenly somebody will say, I've been called to this meeting with HR. Will you come with me? Um, so I've got that going on. I have other things going on. I, um, I do telephone befriending with a charity that supports people who've been widowed under the age of 50. Um, and sometimes we do events as well. So I help with those. I still have my kids. Um, my dad, as I say, is 95 and um, needs people to help sort out why his phone isn't working and things like that. So <laughs> I have a lot going on. Ruth, with the 15-minute blocks that you do, how how few have you found to be a grain of sand? And oh, one is a grain of sand. Yep. So even we, even if you only had 15 minutes it's still yeah. worth putting that timer on and doing it. Yes, definitely. Okay, now this may be a, um, a stupid question, but why not two minutes and why not 45? How have you found 15 to be that sweet spot? I I love 15. I mean, there's a, you know, we talk about it so much in our courses and all of that type of thing, but how have you found that particular amount of time? Well, there was a discussion on the Head, Heart and Home group about Gretchen Rubin and her four tendencies, and they'd been confusing me ever since you first mentioned them, and I finally sorted out in my head that uh, as far as when I do things, I'm definitely uh, an obliger and having the accountability of um, the accountability posts that one of the other Head, Heart and Home people does or whatever really helps me. Being part of the group really helps me. Um, How I do things... I'm a questioner and I will always, always, always find my own slightly way, different way of doing things. Um, I started with 15 minutes because that was the number in the Head, Heart and Home course. If I had found that it didn't work, I would have changed it, but it did, so I stuck with it. Um, the stringing them together was was my own twist on it. Mm. Yeah, I don't think anyone else has done that before where they've gone. So, so what I have heard is people say, I'm going to do 15 minutes and then at the end of that 15 minutes, I'll give myself the choice. Do I want to keep going or not? But I love that you kind of make it a, a sharp stop and it's a move to a different area. Like I think there's there's such value in that and I think there'll be people that are listening that are like light bulbs are going off. They're like, oh, I could do three 15 minutes in three different areas. And then you're actually fully there for the 15 minutes rather than, oh, I need to tidy the kitchen and you spend five minutes finding a podcast to listen to and then you wander around a little bit and get distracted and check your phone, but you're like 15 minutes, you're very intentional with it. Yeah. Also, the other thing about good having 15 minutes and then coming back around to the same thing in a later block is if 15 minutes of laundry, I can put a load of washing on, um, sort some washing into colours, put it on, set it going, and then I finish that block of six 15 minutes is have my 15 minute break start again that load's finished I can hang it out again you can put the put the dishwasher on or, or whatever it is so it does does work quite nicely like that the other thing I do if I'm supposed to say spend 15 minutes in my bedroom and I'm not going to be able to get it finished 
if I want to protect myself from that, I've only got half of it done. I don't, you know, I've got everything is I do um, a form of putting things away that doesn't have a start and a finish. So I start wherever I happen to be standing. I pick up the nearest object that ought to be somewhere else and take it there. Now you can do it with the whole house. I mostly do it with the room. I have a, a box for things that don't belong in this room. So I take, you know, I pick up the shoes and I put them out of the room because they should be downstairs. I come back into the room and the first thing I see is a charger cable. So I pick that up and I put it in the drawer where it goes. And then I look round and the first thing I see is um, a necklace. So I go to the jewellery rack and I hang it, hang it up. And then you haven't tried to do an area and fail to complete it because you there is no stop. You just go on until the timer says. Oh, that's good, Ruth. So rather than pulling everything out of a drawer and then... Well, obviously you need to do a Mandy deep dive sometimes, but if you've just got your 15 minutes on a particular room yes. and you know you can't finish it in 15 minutes, but you want to make some progress, that's a, a, another trick I use to keep my brain engaged. I really like that. What I love about our community is that we each build on each other's knowledge so amy and amy's come up with this 15 minutes um of decluttering and you've built on that and we've now incorporated your ideas into our course so that even more people can learn about it and now you're on the podcast so even more people can learn about the way that you've hacked 15 minutes um and it's the same with the mandy deep dive so i just really thank you for um being generous with your ideas and letting us poach them and we've obviously given you credit because in the course we call it <laughs> the Ruth hack um so thank you um I also just wanted to quickly talk about if you're comfortable um how you've helped navigate how you've helped your kids navigate this whole decluttering because it's your journey that you've been on but it deeply impacts them and with their um their own um, stuff that comes up for them. I'd love for you to talk to other parents whose kids have got some uh, tricky situations and um, I'm sure some of your wisdom will help them as well. I don't feel I've made an enormous amount of progress with that. I'm still at the stage of um, listening to the people on, on the Facebook group who say begin with your own stuff and gradually your family will see that it's working. Um, Certainly for for anyone who has got compulsive hoarding disorder, the the thing is to get that treated psychologically so that they don't need to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I learned about it. I'd got as far as realizing that that one of my kids' inability to get rid of stuff was connected to the trauma and that forcing it or throwing stuff away when they weren't looking or, or anything would make it worse. I, I worked that out for myself. And then I I was watching something um, on TV and the next program that came on that I wasn't intending to watch was a program about hoarding disorder. And there was this uh, psychologist who treats hoarders and he had a personal organiser that he worked with that would would go and do the practical help, but he his whole approach was these people do this as a response to trauma. It's, it's not a good response to trauma, but it's the one they've got. And if you treat the trauma, then they will not need it anymore and then they'll be able to let it go. And so then I started looking into getting help 
for my kids along those lines and actually ended up seeing him the actual guy off the telly. oh wow um not on the telly but seeing him uh, <laughs> yeah the same same privately. guy um <laughs> privately uh so so don't if you have children that particularly traumatized and bereaved children but any children that are really struggling to let go of stuff um just listen to your gut about whether this is this is something where they just need a bit of encouragement a bit of jollying along and a bit of a reward and um or whether actually this is coming from a place of pain where they need you to to listen to their feelings and hear their heart and and let them take it at their own pace um parenting bereaved children is hard single parenting bereaved children is harder you just have to make it up as you go along and you make a lot of mistakes but you you do the best you can and and hope that they'll muddle through somehow just like you do yeah that's it's a I, I can't even perceive but I know that your kids are in good hands Ruth because you have a deep love and respect for them I think um, one of the things as you were talking is I thought about parents who often say to us I have a little hoarder Often, though, they don't have a little hoarder. What they have is a child who's never been taught. And so I think that differentiation that you said is really important. There's the differentiation between a traumatised and grieving child who has a trauma response and then has potentially OCD or hoarding disorder or whatever that manifests like for them. And sometimes it's much simpler and can actually be a teaching thing. And it's really, really hard to tell the difference. And so there's a real line of wisdom, I think, in parenting. And, yeah, I don't don't think there's any one line of advice, but I just wanted to recognise that there are those two different things at play often that as parents we need to navigate, as professional organisers we need to navigate. So um, if other people have similar questions, please come into our Facebook community. It's a beautiful community of loving and supportive people um, who are like-minded and will offer you non-judgmental advice if you need it. You asked me a question about how I found or how I came to be involved with the art of decluttering and I never got to that bit. Oh yeah 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 um, just jump in and tell us that. So a, a, a speaker and I can't remember which speaker it was said a thing that really resonated with me that I've hung on to ever since and he said if if the amount of help that you're receiving at the moment isn't making it possible for you to make the progress you want to make don't just keep trying harder, add more help. Mm. And so a couple of years ago, I started thinking, this house is intractable. It's been like this for years. It's not getting any better. Okay, the thing says I'm supposed to add more help. And I went looking for a Facebook group because um, I was already involved in a widow's Facebook group that I found really helpful. So I thought, right, Facebook groups is a thing that I can do. And I found your main um art of decluttering facebook group and i decluttered my first ever thing which was which was my utility room and then um the course the live round was just about to start and people told me it would be worth doing and i thought yeah i need more help than just this group um so i did the course and i keep doing the course because i have so much to do and so many barriers to doing it but i am not stuck anymore things are moving in the right direction they have a long way go to go and they only move slowly but they are moving and that's down to the course 
We are so glad you're in our course community. Ruth's one of the moderators of our group and one of the leaders in our group. So if you want more Ruth, come and join our Head, Heart and Home community because you'll get more Kirsty and I too, but you will get more Ruth as well. <laughs> I've got a couple of reviews I want to um, read out to you. Belinda, who is one of our admin assistants, takes reviews and pops them in a folder for us to read out on the podcast. She's so kind. She didn't put this review in the folder because it's it's not the nicest review, but Kirsty and I were like, we just want to read it to you because sometimes it's good to have a laugh at yourselves. So this is a one-star review from Ms Otto, um, left only a couple of days ago, and it says, way too much chit-chat, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. 99% chat, 1% information. I sought practical advice and don't appreciate listening to women chat when I'm already time poor. If I'd wanted to listen to chit chat, I'd have called a friend. Phone a friend instead. <laughs> That's I, made it, that made us laugh. Thank you, Miss Otto. That made us laugh so much. Um we just, it blows our brains that people listen to the podcast, don't like it, and instead of turning it off, listen and then go into their podcast app and leave a review. So oh, they want to warn other people not to listen to the chit-chat. That's fine. It's amazing. but It makes us laugh. Yeah. But in saying that, I'm also going to read you a review that is more positive. <laughs> So this one is titled Second Review and it is a five-star review um, and it's from Camilla from Australia. After listening to the episode on ADHD, I realised I probably am undiagnosed with this disorder. So I'm leaving my second review. This is an awesome show. I love listening to it when I do all manner of housework, driving or running. I love how Kirsty and Amy's philosophy of grace and freedom shapes their work and it strongly resonates with my Christian faith. It's such a helpful framework to approaching decluttering and intentionality. I love everything about this podcast and I can't recommend it highly enough. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who leave reviews. Thank you even to the people that leave one-star reviews because sometimes we just need a good old laugh and it's okay that we chit-chat. And I, I personally think it's way more than 1% information. Maybe once, maybe people just didn't like us, Kirst, and that's okay too. Or maybe they listen to one that was more chit-chatty than others. We hope, and that's cool, but we hope today that, dear listener, that you have found gold in what Ruth has um, dropped on us, that you could maybe go and try her 15 minutesies um, around your home and that if you have bereaved children, or true children who are, um, have got trauma of any kind, um, that this episode has helped you um, that 1% or more <laughs> in um, um, loving and caring for them um, well. So thank you, thank you, Ruth, for agreeing to be on our podcast and for staying up uber late to record with us, even though you love the midnight hour. 
Um, And we really, really appreciate all that you do um, to encourage Amy and I, um, but more importantly, to encourage other people in our Head, Heart and Home group and also the bigger Facebook community, because that is your gift to the world, is encouragement, and we're very, very thankful for it. It's been fun. Thank you for all you do. I wouldn't be making the progress that I am if it wasn't for you. A love fest. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Come over to our Facebook community. The ad, oh, I was going to say theartofdecluttering.com.au. That's our website. But our Facebook community, just search The Art of Decluttering on Facebook. Really, you can find us anywhere you want to. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook so others can find our podcast too. Don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, artofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.